Hi guys, I hope everybody is doing well and welcome back to the FKFM podcast. So today's episode is another one from the education series. Uh, so basically today we're going to talk about energy balance. So what is energy balance? Um, why is it important? How do we understand it? How do we use it in regards to our given phase? So I'm going to cover everything uh, around energy balance uh, and this fits in quite well after the last episode that was before Christmas. So that was episode four on uh, determining your phase. So I spoke about whether you should go into a diet phase or a gaining phase. So I'm going to cover how you would actually do that now and sort of try and cover everything so that you guys can understand exactly what you would need to know to get into that given phase how would you put yourself into a surplus it's, it's, it's easy enough saying right you just need to be in the gaining phase but a lot of people might not understand how to exactly do that so i'm going to cover energy balance as a whole um, and then the subsequent episodes from here on will be uh, basically breaking it down into macronutrient balance into the the main the three macros protein carbs and fats will all be subsequent episodes and then we'll talk about micronutrients and things like nutrient time and supplementation along along the way in, in different episodes so we'll get straight into this so so basically energy balance is as simple as understanding energy in versus energy out that's all it means so you know it doesn't need to be complicated your energy balance is basically how much energy your body has is it in a positive balance or is it in a negative balance like your bank account let's say if your bank account's in a negative balance you have to dip into other funds let's say um from other people helping you or dip into an overdraft that you can assume is your fat let's say um and then if you are obviously in a in a surplus or if you've got more money then you can use that money um, for your day-to-day life um, hence why when you're in a, a gaining phase you can use the, the energy you have day to day and you don't lose that energy you don't burn that energy hence why body weight actually goes up because you're, you're in a, a, a positive net balance of energy so it goes up likewise if you're in a positive um, balance in your in your bank account your you, money's going up um, likewise your body fat's going up not an amazing analogy but just some some way to explain it so basically if you think uh, if you are in a um, sort of positive balance so if you're basically consuming more food than you are expending you are going to add body weight doesn't necessarily mean you're just going to grow muscle if you're not training you're not going to grow muscle so a lot of people are like, oh you just need to eat more not necessarily if you eat more and you don't train you're just gonna get fat if you um, are in a um, deficit so in a negative um, energy balance basically where you are expending more energy than you're consuming then you're going to lose weight again not necessarily going to lose muscle if you do things right so just because you've gone into a diet phase does not mean that you will just lose muscle or that you can't gain muscle um there is also obviously maintenance so staying at the same body weight um basically being on maintenance calories so that would be neither a positive or a negative energy balance so you're just holding in the middle so you've got zero zero money um i'm not going to use that analogy anymore so um your energy in is your caloric intake so 
all of your energy going into your body comes through your food and your drink, anything that contains calories. That is how you get your, your energy. Your body then obviously goes through a lot of processes to convert that food into energy, um, but that is our energy sources, our food and our drink, anything containing calories. Calories are just energy. Just see them as a as a unit of energy because that's all they are. They are Calories are actually kilojoules, which is just simply a unit of energy. Um, our energy out is a little bit more complex and it's made up of a few different things. So the first thing it's made up of is your basal metabolic rate or your resting metabolic rate. Basically what this is, is the amount of calories that your body would burn just doing its daily processes, uh, processes like digesting food, like keeping you alive, making you breathe, basic things that even if you were to lie in bed all day, your body would still have to do to keep you alive. Um, so that is your basal metabolic rate or your resting metabolic rate. Your then going to have your physical activity on top of that so any activity you do is obviously going to burn calories as well so things like a lot of the time people will not class so like going for a walk getting your steps in people class that as your neat but that's not your neat because you're going to get those steps in you're actively searching to get those steps in therefore realistically that is classed as a form of physical activity because you're going to do them um so you're i'll come on to neat in a second but your physical activity is going to be on top of your um, basal metabolic rate. So obviously, if you're very active, if you're a, let's say, a marathon runner who trains every four or five days a week, let's say, um, and goes on like long, long distance runs, you are going to be uh, burning a lot of calories um, as a part of your physical activity as opposed to someone who's sedentary and maybe trains once or twice a week. Um, therefore they're likely going to need more food obviously this is dependent on the size and the, of the individual then you've got your neat which i just touched on a second ago so that stands for non-exercise activity thermogenesis so this basically means things like um, hand movements when you're talking um, things like jittering around in your seat um, basic little movements that you don't realize you're really doing that account for a hell of a lot of um, our overall um, energy expenditure. It's crazy actually how much our, our NEAT um, makes up that, that overall expenditure. So you won't realize it, but well, you might realize it. People that have dieted down quite lean before, people who are have potentially done a prep before and, and competed before, you'll know that as you obviously get leaner and leaner and leaner, as you have less energy available through food and body fat stores, you become more and more lethargic and boring. You don't really have much about you. You end up talking a bit like this. You've got no hand movements. Um, you generally just move around a little bit uh, slower. That is how your body reacts to the fact that you're in such a deficit for such a long time and it's preserving energy and, and calories to keep you alive. Whereas when you're on a decent amount of food, like I am now, you can talk like this and you can move your hands like I am at the minute. So you can't see that because I'm not doing this one on YouTube. I'm just filming it as an audio. Um, so basically that's your neat. So little things, little movements day to day that you don't really account for doing. You wouldn't realize your body's doing them. Um, and then you've got the thermal effect of food, which is the final one. So that is basically how many calories it takes for your body to uh to basically digest a food so protein has the highest thermic effect so generally that's why a lot of people will push protein quite high and um, because you're going to struggle to put on a lot of body fat through protein because it has such a high thermic effect um 
Likewise, when you are in a fat loss phase and the goal is to preserve as much um, muscle as possible, you'll have a lot of protein as well. And also that will generally help because you're again going to be burning a decent amount of calories through actually have, having to utilize that food as fuel. Um, so uh, carbs and fats are easier to, to basically um, utilize and, and use as fuel um, compared to protein, but they obviously still take some calories for your body to to burn them and, and use them as as a fuel source so your energy out is comprised of your bmr or your resting metabolic rate or your basal metabolic rate your physical activity levels your neat your non-exercise activity thermogenesis and then also the thermic effect of food so that's energy in and energy out explained so when it comes to energy in Obviously, like I said, it's your food or your food and your drink, anything that contains calories. Obviously, food isn't all the same. You have different types of food, different macronutrients. So there are three main macronutrients, which are protein, carbs, and fats. All of our food is comprised of those main macros. They make up the overall calories in a food. Okay, so each macro contains a given amount of calories per gram. So one gram of protein equates to four calories. So if you were to have 100 grams of protein in a serving, that would be 400 calories. Carbs is the same, 4 calories per gram. So again, if you were to have 100 gram of carbs, that would also be 400 calories. Fats equate to 9 calories. So if you were to have 100 grams of fats, that would be 900 calories. So they're more calorically dense than protein and carbs. Um, just a note as well, alcohol um, is 7 calories per gram. So often when people consume alcohol, they, they only think it's carbohydrates that they're consuming. So they'll think, oh, you know, I'm going to have some, um, some let's say, gin and, and slimline tonic tonight. I know that the, the gin is just going to be a little bit of carbs. The slimline tonic's nothing, so it won't be a lot. Fair, that, fair enough, that's a, a, good, a good shout compared to having 10 pints. You are going to be consuming less calories, but still the alcohol that you're consuming contains calories. So if you look at whatever alcohol you're consuming, it will tell you a percentage that of it that is alcohol. So let's say you're, you have um, a spirit that is, I don't know, 20% alcohol. I don't drink alcohol really, so I don't really know. Let's say you have a spirit that's 20% alcohol. That might be way off. I think that's quite close. So if you were to have, so 20% of alcohol, so obviously in 100 milliliters of that or 100 grams of that alcohol, that would contain... 20 grams of alcohol so in 100 milliliters of the overall product there'd be 20 milliliters of alcohol so therefore that would contain 20 times 7 which would be 140 calories so a lot of people will just think it's carbs but that you need to understand that there's alcohol contains calories hence why alcohol is is generally seen as something to cut out easily if you're trying to lose fat and you drink a lot of alcohol it's not hard to if, if, if you can easily cut that out of your diet then you will notice a difference because you will have dropped quite a lot of calories and likely place yourself into a, a deficit unless you're eating in a massive surplus so yeah that's how um how your energy in your your energy in is comprised is, is is through your caloric intake so that is through your macros protein carbs and fats alcohol as well if you include that how much of those are you having and then what do they calculate up to so let's say you're having in your diet 200 grams of protein so that would equate to 800 calories let's say you're having 400 grams of carbs that would be 1600 calories so 800 plus 1600 that's 2400 calories and then let's say you have 
50 fats that would be 450 calories um so then you'd be what 2850 so that's just a quick estimation of a macro balance that would equate to 2850 calories like i've said in subsequent episodes i will cover uh, macro, the macronutrient balance that will i think that will be next episode yeah i'll cover that in the next episode macronutrient balance generally how you should be looking to do it um and ways you know ways that you can hit the targets that i will sort of explain so obviously that explains energy in energy out what makes them up if you eat more then you expend you obviously gaining weight if you uh, expend more than you eat you're gonna lose weight so that's all well and good but how do you know whether you're you're eating more how do you sort of set out a diet to be like okay i'm going to be gaining from this or i'm going to be losing fat from this how do you dictate if you're going to start a diet or a gaining phase where to set your calories so there's a lot of calculations out there that people will use and i've used in the past so one of the common ones is called the harris benedict formula Um, and basically you could just google it literally just google harris benedict formula it'll bring up loads of different websites that you can use it on and it'll just be like a calculation you put in your weight your um, height your date of birth your activity levels your gender basic things like that and it will create an estimation for you based on that formula um, to give you an idea of where your maintenance calories would be then you can say your goal is to gain weight or lose weight and it will give you a a deficit or a surplus or you can decide that for yourself um, whether you're going to put yourself in a 500 calorie surplus a 200 calorie surplus a thousand calorie surplus will be dependent on the individual which i'll get onto in a minute so these these formulas are are great if you have either no experience in dieting before no previous data no experience in um basically dieting others so as a coach like i don't use these anymore um but they are good to start off they are a good a good indicator to give you an idea now i'm at the point where i've coached quite a lot of people and i can just see when someone sends their photos through and i obviously have their application form that shows me their height their weight everything i can just decide depending on what phase obviously i want to put them into I can just come up with an idea of where I want them to be at. I will dictate that through what macro balance I want them to be on and then whereabouts I think will place them into the specific deficit or surplus that I want them to be in. If that isn't 100% perfect from day one, which it's not going to be, or sometimes it is, but often it's, okay, slightly off, then in that next week after you've got the first week of day two, you just drop 25 gram of carbs out or 50 carbs out, depending on how the phase is looking and, and, and how let's say let's say the goal is aggressive fat loss and they've put on a pound in the first week you've obviously not got in a deficit you've not placed them into a deficit or you've not placed yourself into a deficit if you're doing this yourself and not with a coach so the formula is great but it doesn't account for a lot of other variables um everybody is so different there's a lot of inter-individuality between people's metabolic rate um a lot of people will be either consciously or not they will be inaccurate with their login of food or expenditure and obviously if a uh, given formula is telling them to do one thing but they're actually doing something different that won't you know you won't be able to see that you'll think oh well the formula told me this so there are some downfalls with it the best way that i would suggest to work out whether you are in a surplus or a deficit would be to just track the food that you're eating right now so let's say someone who's never tracked their food before i would say right for this first for this whole week track everything that you eat track your steps 
track your um, physical activity. So just log in how long you did and what you did. So let's say you did a upper body session, hour and a half. Um, steps, 8,000 that day. Um, cardio, one session, 30 minutes. Um, incline, walk. Whatever you do, just log it, like, log it all down. And log your body weight every day. So track your body weight first thing that you do every morning. If you've then got the data of calories in, calories out through expenditure yeah you've not got exactly what your basal metabolic rate is and you've not got exactly what your you know thermic effect of food is going to be equating to but you've got the basics of your physical activity levels and that being through your steps and your physical activity your, your actual uh, exercise um, and then log your body weight you've got all the data you need to then dictate whether you or not you're in the phase you want to be in and if you are then great if you are but not at the rate you want, then you make a change. If, you, if you're not, then you obviously make a bigger change. So let's say this person's never tracked their food. They track their food for the week. They track their expenditure for the week. And they track their um, body weight for the week. Their food stays very similar every day at about 2,000 calories. Uh, let's say give or take 100 calories. Um, their expenditure, they train five times a week. They do two cardio sessions and their steps are between six and 10,000. And then their body weight is basically fluctuating up and down by sort of a pound or so here or there. But overall on the weekly average, their body weight has stayed the same or it's like 0.2 pounds of a difference. So very minimal. Um, that is something I recommend as well is taking your body weight every day, but not worrying about the fluctuations. Look at the weekly average and then look at the average trend week by week as well. So then you've got all the data you need. Like I say, let's say that their goal is aggressive fat loss and they're maintaining, then they need to place themselves into more of a deficit. So they need to go either drop their food more or increase their expenditure more. Generally, I would look at the food side because it's going to be a lot easier to create more of a deficit through food than it is through expenditure. So a simple way to look at that would be if you were to cut out a Mars bar out of your diet, that's going to be 200 plus calories. Whereas if you were to try and do that extra expenditure, that's going to be a lot harder than just not eating that Mars bar. Um, for most people anyway, some people with um, people that struggle with, with willpower, maybe not. So that is um, basically how you would work out whether you are or aren't in the phase that you want to be in. And therefore, like I say, you make that change dependent on that. So if you're not where you want to be, then you make a change either by increasing food or decreasing food or increasing expenditure or decreasing expenditure. So when it comes to weight loss so let's say the goal is weight loss how do you know how aggressive you want to be so that's going to be dependent on the time frame um, and also how much body fat you have so for someone who's let's say morbidly obese they can get away with a large body fat drop week on week or body weight drop week on week so let's say you have someone that's 400 pounds realistically they can be losing five to ten pounds a week probably for the first month, then maybe three to five pounds a week for the next two, three months, four months, probably for the next six months, to be honest. And then it might start to get hard when they are maybe closer to 60 to 80 pounds down, then it's going to get harder. Then 100 pounds down, it's going to get harder. So basically, the more you have to lose, the more aggressive you can be at the start. As you get leaner, you want to slow down that rate to preserve as much muscle as possible. Let's say, let's take a prep as another example. So you start a prep and you think, right, I've got about 30 to 40 pounds to lose. For the first, let's say, four weeks of the prep, you can get away with losing two to four pounds a week. You don't want to be losing two to four pounds a week at the end of the prep because you will feel horrendous. 
you need to be losing at a very, very minimal body fat percentage then or body weight percentage to prioritize, hold on to as much muscle as possible and still feeling okay, not feeling like you want to die. So basically with weight, with weight loss, with a fat loss phase, think the more you've got to lose, the more aggressive you can be. As you get leaner, you want to slow that rate down um, and just make sure that you're prioritizing losing fat versus just losing weight by making sure that you're training hard, progressing your training still as best as you can and still eating plenty of protein. When it comes to gaining weight, again, very similar. The surplus size is going to be dependent on the individual. I'll have some clients who come to me and they're just skinny young lads, so 16 to 18 year olds who are just really, really skinny and just need to get some food in uh, to get some energy to be able to train harder and get stronger and grow. So I'll put them into quite a, a steep surplus where they're gaining three, four pounds a week and they can get away with that because they're so, so lean. Whereas others who might be sort of bordering whether or not we should get we should have a mini cut kind of phase that kind of time where it's like okay we can probably keep pushing up but it's got to be really gradual i'll probably push them at like 0.25 to 0.5 pounds per week really really gradual if we have a few weeks where we hold body weight it's not a bad thing because we're still feeling good still recovering well still training well so i would push competitive athletes harder because i do think that there is warrant to that and being a little bit heavier um if your goal is to be a competitive bodybuilder and you your goal is to build as much muscle as possible there is generally more warrant to pushing body weight up a little bit harder than someone who just wants to look good year round so you're going to want to keep them in realistically a very slight surplus year round where they're gaining minimal weight training well enjoying training feeling good recovering well energy levels are in a good spot um, that's kind of where you'd want to keep them whereas with people who are solely focused on gaining as much muscle as possible you can push them a little bit harder and again when it comes to prioritizing muscle gain versus fat gain like i spoke about with uh, fat loss versus muscle loss or just weight loss when it comes to prioritizing gaining muscle and not just gaining fat you need to be prioritizing your training just because your body weight's going up doesn't necessarily mean that you're gaining muscle if you're not getting stronger and your body weight's going up that doesn't you're obviously not getting any muscle because you're not getting getting any stronger so make sure that if you are pushing weight up that you're pushing it up in a productive manner that is benefiting your training to progress and get stronger and recover from that training so that is all of that covered um so i hope that all made sense anyone who's got any questions please feel free to ask drop me a message on on instagram so that should explain energy balance pretty well um the next episode will cover macro balance so how you would um, split your macronutrients to maximize your your basically hypertrophic potential um, and, and performance and recovery um, so we'll chat about that in next week's episode uh, but for now i'll leave it there thank you all for listening and i will catch you all soon